When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. And thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate all of the feedback that we've gotten and the messages that you guys have sent because ultimately we kind of talk about the topics that you request. You know, plastic surgery is such a, uh, a vast specialty and there are so many different things that we can talk about. So it's interesting to see what you are interested in. So again, thanks for that. And it is, it's, it's sometimes people ask us or you know me, why did you become a plastic surgeon? And one of the main reasons I did this is because we work on head to toe. We mm -hmm. work on everything. Mm -hmm. And we were trained on Never knowing bored. the anatomy of the whole body. And really it's, it's interesting because sometimes they'll come in and like, so you're a dermatologist. And we're like, no, we take care of the skin as well, but no, we're surgeons. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's, and it is it is really an amazing field that we can talk to you about everything from, from complicated hand surgery and facial reconstruction to most of the cosmetic stuff that we talk about on a daily basis. So anything you want to ask us, please do, you know, send us any comment and we'll be happy to do a podcast on, on something that really is interesting to you. Um, outside the realm of the stuff that we already have talked about. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to do another episode. We had done one early on on Ask the Doctors, and I thought you know it was very interesting listening to some of your questions. So um, one of the topics that was uh, requested us to talk about, and it's so interesting to me, but um, this particular body part has such a a, a dramatic impact is often paired with other surgeries and we kind of forget some of the different options and why it's necessary to achieve facial balance. So today we are talking about the power of the chin. Absolutely. So Jay Leno, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah. You know, the interesting part is, um, you know, when we look at craniofacial surgery, and you look at the balance of the face. So you've heard of uh, you know the different ratios, the golden ratio and things like that. But there are certain things in plastic surgery that we use as a, a perfect, quote unquote, perfect base um, in which to formulate our plans, you know, especially with facial surgery. And so the idea of the chin, you have to imagine, uh, you know, there is either prognathism, which is where your chin is extra large or it's uh, microgenia, you know, where we essentially, we have uh, a smaller chin. And um, the idea is that we look at the, the chin as this body part that's kind of overlooked, but it's very, very important. It's, you know, the, the big trends to move towards jawline contouring and um, you know, achieving that chiseled look. Well, believe it or not, the chin plays a huge role in that. And it's not just the mandible or the mandibular angle. So we're kind of talking about the anatomy 
of, you know, what we would say would be quote unquote perfect. So from a profile view, and obviously, you know, for females and males, it's different, but uh, the concepts are relatively the same. And that is, if you look, you know, now I'm not going to talk about x-ray markings and what we're actually looking at, but um, you can kind of look in the mirror or if you take a, uh, a profile selfie, right, from the side. And if we were to draw a vertical line that goes between the eyes, base of the nose, all the way down past the lip, the idea is that you want the chin to be relatively in line with that. Now, for males, obviously, it's more important, uh, you know, to have a stronger chin and to have uh, the chin achieve that perfectly straight line. Whereas for females, we can have it slightly recessed, even if it's a few millimeters. And the other thing that a chin does from the frontal view, now you have to imagine, the only reason that we see three-dimensionally is light and shadows. So imagine if you have a weaker chin and you look at someone from the front and there's top lighting, you don't see the chin as much. But if that chin is brought forward, however it is, you now light bounces off and you have a more quote unquote chiseled jaw because that's the start of that. So um, I thought, you know, today what we could do is kind of talk about the different diagnoses that we see and there are particular treatments and you'll see how easy some of them can be. And we work all the way up into surgical procedures. And it's interesting because just yesterday I walked into the operating room and Dr. Lake, he was doing a, a neck lift on a male patient. And I walked in and I said, wow, that's, that's a pretty thick neck this guy has. What do you have planned? And he told me, I'm going to do a deep plane neck. He goes, but I wish the guy would let me put a chin implant in. And it's interesting because what the patient has their perception or what the lay person's perception is and what the treatment that they think is the right treatment mm -hmm. is often not really the right treatment. And that's why, and again, I'm not, not here to, to put anyone down or any, anything, but that's why it's always good to see a plastic surgeon, a board certified plastic surgeon, if you are concerned with your jawline, your neck or your chin, because that the, the way that a plastic surgeon who has the ability to do all of the different procedures looks and treats you is very different than, for example, an aesthetic nurse that's just going to put an injection in or other people that really are limited with the type of treatment that they may give mm -hmm. you. So, um, you know, I'm going to have Dr. Lakey really talk about most of this and I'll kind of butt in every now and then, uh, but because he does most of these surgeries. So kind of take us through from, from the top to bottom on how you analyze and, and how you come about it. Because again, for the patient yesterday, you probably told him he probably needed a chin implant mm -hmm. and he didn't. And it's very interesting because the general public is, it shies away from chin implants more than they do breast implants because they think it's such a big to-do, mm -hmm. and it is one of the easiest, easiest operations and can with have the least the, complications. And can have the most dramatic effects. Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting because that patient, you're right, um, and I convinced him at the very end to put a little bit of fat in there just so at least temporarily he can see how it would look. Because, you know, listen, when we think of a clean jawline, we think of a square angle at what we call the mandibular angle, so over near the ear, where the jawline starts, along the mandible, and then around the chin. And we want that to be, you know, this 95 degree, uh, you know, when we're young, uh, everything is uh, tight up on the, the floor of the mouth. And so 
Um, the idea is what can, you know, some people are so afraid, as you said, of, of implants and, and altering the chin because they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like a different person. Um, but that's the reason why when we look at someone, they come in and say, oh, I hate my under eye bags. And we say, all right, well, actually what it is, is you don't have enough cheek volume. Then you add cheek volume and suddenly the lower eyelid puffiness has gone away and it's not what you came in for. We have the expertise, um, you know, in, in our training, we learn to look at facial balance and that's really where this whole discussion comes from. So uh, let's take, for example, let's, you know, I'm, I'm going to set out multiple scenarios for you. One, let's say someone comes in, they don't necessarily have a weak chin, but they notice that you notice that whenever they talk, you see this cobblestoning effect of the chin. The muscle moves. It's, it, it just has this distorted appearance. And, um, you know, the interesting part is a lot of times the patient may not know it. But usually if it's severe enough, they will because they see themselves in a video and say, oh my goodness, how is my chin moving like that? Um, You know, it just gives that awkward uh, dimpled appearance. And so... And this is at any age. This is not somebody that's super old or young. This can happen at any time. Sure. And so the idea is that, uh, you know, you, you would like to decrease muscular movements. All right. What's one of the best treatments that we have for decreasing muscular movements? The easiest and best way is some sort of neuromodulator. So mm-hmm. we're talking about Botox or Juvo or, you know, you know any of the types or Dysport or Xeomin, anything that's going to numb or paralyze your muscle for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, it, you know, again, it's such an easy fix. It's two simple injections because they're paired mentalis muscles. So you do one on either side. Um, you know, Botox can be used for so many different things from the corners of the mouth being turned downward. The, you know, it's not just, you know, it's approved for use in the upper third of the face, but uh, we use it for so much more. Absolutely. And so I think that's a scenario where, you know, someone who's got an overactive chin, uh, you know, musculature that Botox or any neuromodulator works really, really well. Um, There is another scenario known as a witch's chin. And uh, this is almost where when the person talks, again, the muscles themselves, they're a little narrower and they form uh, a contour that almost comes to a point, uh, you know. And so it te- the muscle tends to overhang over the chin. And when it flexes, it looks like our typical, you know, character of a witch. Again, this is an opportunity to use some of the neuromodulators to essentially decrease the muscular movement. And that alone can have such a dramatic impact when you talk, when you animate, when you laugh. And so, um, you know, it can take something that's a little more uh, unsightly and turn it into the way it should look. And these are simple procedures. They take a minute and they last for up to three to four months. Mm -hmm. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. So 
we'll move our way up. You know, as far as neuromodulators, I think they're extremely important. Uh, even in the aging process, everything becomes totic, P-T-O-T-I-C. That means it falls because of gravity. And there are some retaining ligaments throughout the central part of the face. And then we kind of age around that. And that's why we get tear trough deformities, laugh lines, and marionette lines and jowls. And so, um, you know, using, using a combination of Botox and filler can, you know, really help us. And so another scenario where we come in, so this is, you know, a very common scenario, especially, you know, I do a lot of rhinoplasty and one of the most commonly paired surgeries is, uh, to do something with the chin while you're doing the rhinoplasty. And so I'll kind of bring you through you know, my thought process. So, And again, the reason this is, is facial balance. Mm-hmm. So everything we're talking about with the chin is just facial balance mm-hmm. you, because the, the, the eye tends to think something is more aesthetic when it's balanced. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, um, one of, it's such a common thing to have a, an underdeveloped chin. We call it microgenia. And there are certain levels, certain grades of the severity of microgenia. Obviously, when we start talking really serious, uh, retrusive chins or small chins, absent chins, that's really where we're, it's a much bigger surgery, where it's a jawline, where we, you know, osteotomies and advance uh, the jaw forward. Sometimes you advance the chin forward, um, you know, and so... These are, are, are much bigger surgical procedures. And, and what he's talking about with an osteotomy is literally breaking the jaw mm-hmm. and, and opening it up slowly. So, so basically you, you advance it and make it, you open it slowly while there's new bone, bone that forms within. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's very fascinating, uh, the operation. Um, but it's again, it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than some of the other stuff. Something not as complicated as a genioplasty, and that's where we still fracture the bone, move it forward, uh, and that's just the the symphysis of the mandible, which is the chin itself, the chin bone. Um, and this is really for someone who's got a, a severe retrusion of the chin, you know, over a centimeter. But many of us don't have that particular defect. Let's say you're under a centimeter. Um, you know, people come in so many times and they say, ah, I, I, even in the thirties and they say, I'm starting to see jowls. I want to do something to my neck. The, the funny part is the problem itself isn't really with the neck. It's the fact that there's nothing for the musculature uh, to fall on because you have such a small chin. So the true treatment is to bring the chin forward. And there's multiple ways of doing this. And so, I think one of the easiest ways, someone comes in, they say, look, I've always been told I have a weak chin. Well, obviously, surgery is the permanent route uh, and, in my opinion, one of the best. However, not everybody's ready for an implant. And so uh, I think that filler, hyaluronic acid filler or your own fat are great, great options. And that's essentially what I did for this gentleman yesterday. Harvested some of the fat that we, you know, took from the neck and re-injected it into the, this, into the chin. Now imagine I put in seven cc's. Wow. So that's, that's and he could have used more. Okay. That's, a lot. that's actually The idea is it's a significant amount. You have to imagine each syringe 
of hyaluronic acid filler is one cc. So imagine I put seven syringes into his chin and he required more. That tells you because again, you essentially want a certain distance from the area where the Adam's apple is out to the chin. If it's very short, you can't see a crisp jawline. Now, we don't want to pull it past a, a particular line. We're not talking Jay Leno. We're talking, you know, again, perfect facial balance. So I think a great option uh, for contouring is either a hyaluronic acid filler or using your own fat. And the nice thing about using the filler, as Dr. Lakey's saying, is it's, you can get a good idea of what it looks like and you can walk around with it for six months or a year until it dissolves, sometimes longer as, mm-hmm. or shorter. And it gives you a good idea of whether or not you like it or not. Um, we also do the, the Vector 3D simulation where you can actually do a 3D simulation, show them what a chin implant would mm-hmm. look like, which is even better because you could say, hey, listen, instead of wasting all this money on filler or fat, I could just go with something permanent that's going to last for the rest of my life and, and I'll have you take it from there. Yeah, listen, I think um, you know we've segued into what I believe is one of the best procedures uh, has the least amount of complications and can have such a dramatic effect. And that is placing an, a chin augment, an implant, you know, having undergoing a chin augmentation. Now, this is a hardened silicone implant. And I'll talk about shapes in just a little bit, but the hardened silicone implant that goes under the connective tissue of the bone. So you have to imagine once this goes in, that is your chin. This is not a breast implant. This does not have to be removed. It's not like it's mo- it moves or it's soft. It feels like it is your bone. All of the sensory nerves are above it. So again, when you're leaning on your chin in a you know thinking in very deeply, you're not feeling the implant. You are feeling your chin. So you know. It, I don't have the same opinion about certain facial implants, you know, jawline and cheek and things like that, because as you age, sometimes you lose all that volume and you can see it. Mm -hmm. But the chin is something different. You've got musculature over it. You've got uh, soft tissue and skin. And so this is a permanent fixture. I think isolated chin augmentations, you know, although they're a part of my practice, what I see more commonly are combo surgeries. Absolutely. And, you know, this is someone who has a full neck. Um, you look from the side, it's a very blunt, we call it an obtuse cervical mental angle. And that's where there's no jawline contour. It's basically, you have a straight line that goes from the chin down to the base of the neck. And, um, you know, someone comes in and says, hey, I need uh, neck lipo. Well, you know, in our examination, there's, there are some patients that can benefit from that, okay? Um, but in all reality, we measure certain things. The distance between the gonion or the submandibular angle or the mandibular angle and the chin. And we look at that facial balance. Remember that vertical line drawn between the eyes, base of the nose, and down to the chin? And we want that chin to, uh, to reach that point. So... The combo surgeries that I mainly do are either rhinoplasty and chin. And the reason why it can be so fantastic, you know, you had mentioned talking about the Vectra. The Vectra is amazing because I can show, I've completely simulated what I would do with the nose. And it's interesting because many times the patient will say, you know, it still looks a little long for me. And I'll say, okay, let me show you something. And I put in the chin 
And all of a sudden, the nose appears shorter. And I'll, they'll say, well, you, you shortened the nose. Uh, and I'll overlay the images and show that the only thing that has changed is the chin. It is such a dramatic balancing effect that it can take a nose that looks overly long and make it look the perfect proportion for the face. So, um, you know, that's probably the most common. The interesting part about it is when you have a nose and chin done together, no one notices the chin because everybody's focused on the nose. So if you're worried about changing the way you look and things like that, again, we're adding a little more light to the chin in the frontal view and we are balancing your profile. That is it. We're not lengthening a chin unless it has to be done. Um, it's, it's really for that profile view. And I'll tell you something about chin augmentation. In 14 years of practice, how many have you taken out? Zero. Exactly. So mm. there you have it. It's a very simple thing in the sense that everyone's happy with their chin aug. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first thing. Second thing is you never get something called caps or contracture. You don't get a capsule that works, that, mm -hmm. that forms around this, unlike breast implants, unlike butt implants, unlike other types of implants. So they're relatively safe. And the incision used can be either under the chin or inside the mouth. The one that's under the chin, you never see. Mm -hmm. And funny thing is, most of the people have a, a laceration under their chin from falling when they were kids anyway, so you use that. For so, sure. <laughs> interestingly enough, when you think about all the procedures we do, this is right up there as one of the most satisfied, satisfied procedures because nobody comes back and says, it's too big, it's too long, it's too, mm. I need it changed, I want it smaller. I do so many breast augmentations. People come in, it's too big, it's too small, I'm over it, take <laughs> it out, do this. Yep. Never happens with the chin. So it's interesting how just putting in a tiny chin implant, and sometimes it can even be done under local anesthesia, um, but it's most of the time it's done with other procedures, so you're asleep for this procedure. Mm -hmm. People are highly satisfied. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's plasticsdocs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. You know, again, um, the dramatic effect that can take place with a uh, rhinoplasty, you know, when you balance the face, um, it, it is a dramatic step forward, meaning, you know, people are worried about looking different. Well, listen, the primary characteristic uh, of every face are the eyes. And that's why when we all wear masks, your friends know exactly, and family know exactly who you are. Um, the nose can have a very dramatic effect just because... Um, you know, it's that secondary characteristic that really uh, everybody focuses on. The chin is one of these, uh, it's, it's one of these silent uh, benefits because no one really is aware of it, but automatically you can look so much better um, with facial balance. And so I think the other commonly paired surgeries, again, we go back to that very thick neck. So either it's doing liposuction or skin tightening liposuction, or even what we call, you know, what I did yesterday was a deep neck. That's where, you know, we open up the muscles of the neck. We take the fat underneath the muscles, which will never be affected by, uh, you know, liposuction. 
tie that up as an internal corset. But when you add the chin, it just extends uh, the neckline a little further forward and <clears throat> the jawline can be unparalleled. And so that's, uh, those are very common procedures. And, and the big takeaway from, from me, and again, this is not something I do regularly at all, it's, it's Dr. Lakey's expertise, is it, when you're seen by a plastic surgeon and, and, and let's say you go in, like he said, with a complaint of a full neck or the nose, trust him and go down his, listen to him, because at the end of the day, it just restores facial balance. And the best part about it is it's an easy operation with I want to say minimal complications. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I can automatically tell when I'm doing a consultation for rhinoplasty and we clearly see the need for chin augmentation. I go over the facial balance with everyone. Even if they have the perfect chin, we talk about the facial balance just so they're aware. Um, and as soon as we bring up chin implants, I can automatically see everybody's heart rate go up. Uh, you know, a parent is saying, oh my gosh, my, you're, you're changing everything on my, my kid's face. Um, I don't perform rhinoplasties until skeletal maturity has occurred, um, which means 16, 17 in females. And that's really only for someone who's being made fun of at school or they're starting to change their regular patterns, meaning they avoid social functions because of their nose, or if there's a breathing issue. And in males, it's 17 or 18, just because it takes males a little longer to go through skeletal maturity. But once they come to me and I deem them a candidate, I know that that chin isn't going anywhere. You know, So it's not like uh, wait two more years and the chin will get better. Um, it's just that's, and, and you can see a genetic trait, you see something. I've, I can't tell you the number of, of you know, 17 year old girls that have come to the office and I bring up the chin and they say, oh my goodness, I don't know how I could do that. And mom will come up and say, you know what? I actually had a chin augmentation when I was young. And suddenly uh -huh. you see something completely different because now they see what facial balance looks like. And, uh, you know, again, we can show them on the vector simulation, the 3D simulation, and it, it has such a powerful effect. I've recently, this last week done, you know, out of, I don't know, three or four rhinoplasties. The, the two that I can think of were two 17-year-old girls that really needed chin implants and was obviously very hesitant. Mom was very hesitant. Um, and so we opted not to do it. And, you know, in those situations, the nose still can look wonderful. But um, it just, you know, it's the difference between having a good result and a great result. Mm -hmm. So... The other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, when sometimes when people come to the office, you know, obviously everyone says, I want to look natural. I don't want to change the way I look and things like that. But, but in all reality, if you came to me and I look at facial balance and I like to divide the face into thirds when I look at it, eyes up, eyes to mouth and the mouth down to chest. Um, if one of those thirds, and it's really not mouth down to chest, but that's the way I, I tend to do it. But if we look at mouth to chin and it's very short in comparison to the other two thirds, well, then you're really going to benefit from lengthening the face. You know, the shape of a face, someone comes to me and says, oh gosh, I have really round face. I, I really don't like it. Uh, you know, what can we do as far as fillers and jawline contours and things like that? And I'll say, well, in reality, we need to lengthen mm -hmm. your jawline. And, you know, I think people have to be open that 
if there's something that bothers them and there's someone who has the expertise that's telling you, this is the true treatment, it may not always be what you want to hear. I totally understand that. But um, I think that you should listen to them because at least take it in, process it, make your own, you know, do your own research and look at some of the before and afters on people that are out there. And so, um, and a vector, th- the simulation is a huge deal because really you can is. really, really get an idea of the difference, you, rhinoplasty with or without a chin implant. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's, it's just right there. You're like, wow, it's a huge difference. Night and day. Uh, you know, I, I equally, for the number of people who decide that they don't want to do it, I would say there's two thirds more uh, that, you know, it's one third who says, ah, I'm not really into it. Two thirds will say, wow, I am in because you see the effects and it just makes the nose look that much better. So and the surgery is easy. The recovery is easy. There's mm-hmm. minimal pain. There's minimal downtime. It's all just a very simple way to, you know, get your biggest bang for your buck in a mm-hmm. sense. I mean, the the effect it has on your jawline, on your neck contour, on your facial balance is unparalleled mm-hmm. to anything else that we do. A, you know, again, and when we talk about chin augmentation, uh, you know, we are talking pure aesthetics. Using an augmentation is really only to improve the contour and balance of the face. When we're talking about medical necessity for advancing the jaw, that's what happens when you're a baby and you essentially, you have external traction or internal traction where it essentially pulls the jaw forward because you're having difficulty breathing. And so, um, you know. And those, and those are relatively rare. I mean, mm-hmm. you, that those, those conditions are relatively rare and, and come with other t- type of congenital problems that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. There was one last point that I really want to talk about, um, you know, and it's the cleft in a chin. Now, there are two real reasons for a cleft in a chin because some people like them, some people don't. You know, I have family members, I mean, I have uh, patients that come in and they say their family member has one, I have one, but I, I can't stand it, I want to get rid of it. Um, or the opposite, people come in and say, what about putting in a little bit of a cleft in the chin because I like the way it looks. So, Which both, is similar to a dimple in the cheek. Yes, and so both of those can be done. Um, let's say, so the gentleman the other day, uh, you know, that I did this deep neck and I put fat in his chin and everything else. He actually said, look, I, I don't like the cleft in my chin. Is there any way you can take it out? So two reasons for clefts. One is that the bone actually has a central depression or the second most common one, which is the more common one, is that there is a skin to ligament attachment in the central part of the chin. And different degrees of that, uh, you know, we see the Kirk Douglas is that, that type, uh, you know, the Justin Hartleys of This Is Us, you know, that type of cleft. Um, they can look very masculine. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we, we create those. So in order to remove one, obviously, if it's due to a bony depression or cleft, then you just put in a chin implant and it will essentially cover that gap. If it's due to a ligamentous attachment to the skin, then we actually have to clip the ligament and put something underneath it so it doesn't collapse back down. So usually, you know, we put uh, an interposition graft or something like that um, that, to eliminate the cleft. Um, He ultimately, the patient yesterday, decided that, uh, you know, his wife and his family said, hey, listen, 
it's a part of your heritage. You keep it. And so he went with it. And so I left it alone. We just added the fat to the chin and it just essentially just pulled that forward a little bit. So um, I think it's kind of a fun thing. It, you know, if we want to create a dimple, that's where we actually, you know, put stitches that go from the deep layer of the skin down to the connective tissue below. And so you can create an accentuated cleft uh, just based off that. So, you know, there are ways to do it, uh, you know, if you- Pretty cool. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up, you know, our discussions on the chin. Uh, Again, I'm obviously, I'm biased because I look at facial balance um, and harmony. Uh, the idea is you can do some of your own reconnaissance. You take a picture from the side. If you've always felt you had a weak chin, one of the ways to diagnose it, take a picture, a profile photo, and then just look at that vertical line. Draw it straight down from between the eyes, base of the nose, and the chin should, you know, as males, it should hit that line. Females, you're a few millimeters behind it. Um and if you feel you're a candidate and you don't feel like having a, you don't know if you're going to like it, you can always come put a little filler in the chin so you have an idea of what to expect. You could do a 3D simulation, which I think is, you know, standard of care. Um, and uh, you can actually visualize it. That way you can see the dramatic benefits. So um, hopefully you guys have learned something today. And, you know, keep your feedback coming. This was from someone who was clearly interested with, uh, you know, chin augmenting procedures. And hopefully I've answered your question. So uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, you know, once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Port. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.